When we pray, the purpose of prayer is communication, to get a hold of God, correct? To invite God in. Because sometimes we are in a bad place, and what we call help. Help, Lord, I need you. But also, there are some protocols that we have to follow before we go into prayer. So what I want to start with, I want to read some of the scriptures that's pertinent to prayer and when we want God to hear our prayers. So I'm going to start with Psalm 66, verse 8. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So I want to go through a list of scriptures before I start with what the Lord wants me to share with you guys. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Proverbs 28, 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. I'm reading all the scriptures at one time. You'll understand why. So just remember these scriptures as I'm speaking tonight. Mark eleven twenty five, And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. Luke 6, 28. Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. Also in Matthew 5, 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Matthew 6, verses 5, 6, and 7. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Psalm one twenty two six. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. This is a this is awesome. What he's telling us. They may prosper that love thee. Okay. I got married about 20 years ago. And before I got married, there was one lady in church and she came up to me one Sunday and she said to me, she said, Sandy, I don't think that you should marry him. 
And um, I just listened and, you know, I know I was getting married. I wanted to get married. I didn't think anything of it. But as you'll see, as I'm speaking, going through the years, that'll come back. And um, so we got married in 2001. And he knew the word really, really well. Before we got married, we would have conversations about the word and it was just wonderful. It was wonderful. So about a year into the marriage, I knew I had made a mistake. Let me tell you what he told me. He said that marriage was too hard for him. He had never been married before. He said marriage was too hard for him and he didn't want to get married. He didn't want to be married anymore. Let me tell you something. I was one upset sister. <laughs> I'm going to tell you all the truth. And I said, well, why did you marry me? You know, why? So we stayed together for a long time, for years. We stayed together. Now I'm going to switch up a little bit. And I'm going to tell you what I was doing during those years, starting about a year or so after I got married. Now I had my own business. I had a small salon in Conyers. And um, when I lived in New York, I was a court reporter. I was the first star reporter in the office. So that was going from doing that to doing haircuts and ladies' hair. So that's what I did. So one day, Stone Press Mall had opened up during that time, let's just say 2002. And um, I decided to go over there and I was looking for one particular lady that worked in the barbershop over there. So I went in and this is, I kind of glanced in there and I said, oh, this place is too big. Mine was like small and intimate, you know, really, really nice. So I left and a couple of weeks after that, I went back in there. And when I went in there, there were a lot of people in there and um, I spoke to the manager there and I told him who I was and who I was looking for. He said, Sandy, he says, we heard about you. You can cut some here. I heard you can cut some here. So, you know, if you want to come, if you want to come in when you can, I told him I had my own business. He said, just come in, you know, whenever you want to, you can have a chair. I said, okay. So I started doing that. So one day they had a meeting at the barbershop at Stonecrest Mall. And it was on a Saturday before the mall opened up and we were all in a circle. And um, they were talking and the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. And he says, I want you to tell the owner that I want him to sponsor a gospel concert here at Stonecrest Mall because I want my spirit to fall on the mall and get the radio station to promote it. I'm sitting there and I'm going, 
I'm talking back and forth to Lord, I don't know anything about um, doing a concert, gospel concert. I don't know anybody on the radio. I don't know any of this. So he told me just to tell the owner. And I told the owner, I said, um, excuse me. <laughs> um, why, don't, why don't you sponsor a gospel fest here at Stonecrest Mall? And, um, you know, the barbershop will sponsor it. And I said, and I'll get a radio station to promote it. And he looked at me, he said, sure, Sandy, sure. Okay. That was Saturday morning. Sunday, I went to church and I sang in the choir at that time. And after service, I said to Mark, Mark was the choir director. And I says, Mark, I said, the Lord told me to do something. He told me to get a radio station involved and have a gospel fest at Stonecrest Mall and let the barbershop kind of sponsor it. And he looked at me and there was a gentleman that was maybe three feet away. And he looked at me and he said, Sandy, this is Lynn Battles. This is the general manager of Praise 1040 radio station. And Lynn Battles, he looked at me and he said, we'll do it. He said, do you know, we've been trying for a year to get our foot in Stonecrest Mall to do something with the radio station. I couldn't wait for the next day to come so I can tell the owner of the, so I says, well, look, I got the radio station, right? He got excited. So he says, well, since this is your idea, we'll go to the head of Stonecrest Mall to present this to him. That Thursday, I was getting my notes together and he said, since this is your idea, you're gonna present it. I said, okay. At the meeting, I had all my notes, why we should do this and everything like that. I didn't get not even halfway into my presentation. And he said to me, we'll do it. Everything, this is all God. I never thought about doing any of these things, right? We set a date right then and there. We set a date. The time came. Oh, so I happened to be at Stonecrest Mall in the barbershop this particular day. The whole radio station came into the barbershop. They wanted to see me and they said, what do you want us to do? I started laughing. I said, I don't know. I have no idea. Let me fast forward. Things started happening. We had the concert. The Lord said he wanted his spirit to fall on Stonecrest Mall. Let me tell you something. We had a three-hour concert inside the mall that day with some of the top gospel artists in Atlanta. We had about a thousand people in the mall praising God upstairs, downstairs, 
And my pastor said to me at that time, he says, Sandy, look what your obedience has done. You know, Stonecrest Mall for a number of years, they were the number one mall in Georgia. So as a result of that, we started doing gospel fests every summer there for many, many years. Okay, so at, the, at, at this particular, on that day, the general manager of the radio station comes over to me and we're talking and I says, you know, I like doing this. So he says, well, we're gonna have some cards made up for you and you can come and um, like get sponsors for the radio station. I said, oh yeah, that'll be fun. And I started doing that. One day I'm in my bed. It was for some reason, the Lord always does things for me on a Thursday. I'm in bed and the Lord says to me, when you go into the radio station today, I want you to tell them that you want your own show. I said, I don't know anything. I said, a show? I don't know anything about being on the radio. So what do I do? I go into the radio station <laughs> and I says, I want my own radio show. They go, sure. The very next day, that was Thursday, the very next day, the promo started happening. Artists in the spotlight with your host, Sandy Sam. I was, I was really kind of, you know, I trusted God, right? So let me start because I got so much to say and I know my time is short. So I started with the radio show. Then God told me he wanted me to start doing my own concerts. So what did I do? I started my own concerts and he told me specifically where to go. He says, I want you to go to this church in Conyers because I wanna do something special there. So I had gotten, I had hosts that was gonna host, you know, the concert and everything. And the church there, a lot of them knew me and knew I had a business, right? So they said, Sandy, what does she know about concerts? You know, she, she's, she's a barber and she does hair. So let me tell you what happened. The day of the concert, most of the members, I think maybe two members showed up. Now I was on the radio during this time. The people came that heard me on the radio, right? We had about a two and a half hour concert. Not only was that my first concert, it was filmed to go on the show on TV. There was a show at this time called um, BYOBB, Bring Your Own Bible Baby, right? They were on on Saturdays. I believe it was Saturdays. And um, that was my first concert. It was a huge success, huge. So now the members of the church heard what a great concert it was. So they wanted to know when I was coming back to do a concert again, but you know, God never told me to do that. So as a result of that, doors started opening up. And I was on a number of radio stations in Atlanta. The name of my show now was the Sandy Sam Show. It was a talk show.
And I had all, the Lord would just tell me who to have. I had guests every day. I prayed for people. We talked about very interesting things. It doesn't end there. The next thing I know, I started doing major concerts. Underground Atlanta hired me to produce concerts. When T.D. Jakes used to come to town for Woman Thou Art Loose, I was out there and I was doing concerts outside and had major artists. The Lord sent everything my way. I had, you know, you have to have an engineer to do the sound and to do all the equipment. I had everything that I need. I had no money. I would call up the artists, the different groups, and they would say, sure. And they would come to perform. So this was just, this was something that I tell you, I give God the glory for all of this. So I was on the radio for, I was on the radio for quite a while. And um, something very interesting that used to really blow my mind. I went, this happened a couple of times. I would go into a store and I was at a, a friend shop one day and a lady came up to me and she just kept listening. And she walked over, she says, I know your voice. You're Sandy Sam. I listen to you on the radio. I go, wow, wow. So that happened, that happened a couple of times to me where people just recognize my voice. And um, it was very, very interesting. Something really interesting happened. I started hosting plays downtown, big concerts. Um, I was hosting a, um, a big concert. I'm not going to tell you the name of this church. It was a mega, mega church. This church was more popular than T.D. Jakes, okay? They were international. So the Lord had been downloading some things to me all week, the scripture, all week. And um, I was just listening. So they wanted me to come at their eight o'clock service and at their 11 o'clock service to invite the people to come to this concert. This was a big concert. There were people coming. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was coming in from Hollywood. He was the head of, this, of the Miss America pageant. So there were a lot of what they call big wheels coming in and I was hosting it and another guy from another radio station. So I go up in the pulpit and this thing is all over the internet. This, like I said, it was an international ministry. And I go, the Lord has been dealing with me all week. And I have a scripture for you. And I said, the scripture, you can hear a pin drop. This day was a special day at this church because it was some type of reunion going on. I'm not gonna say the name of the ministry, but it was huge. And here I come with a word from the Lord. And then I said, and I plead the blood of Jesus over this church. You can hear a pin drop. Then I said, oh, and by the way, we're having a concert and I would like to invite you all to the concert. And I go off the stage and I'm just so proud of myself because I did what the Lord said. And all the bishops, everybody was on the platform. And if looks could kill, I would have dropped right then and there. And I sat down in my seat 
And one of the, um, I guess one of the members said to me, he says, sister, what you said was so powerful. I didn't know what I had said. What it was, it was a warning. It was a warning. And a couple of weeks later, it hit all the news. It was big here in Atlanta about what was happening in that church. Big scandal. I mean, huge scandal. I did. I had to go. I had to go for. Um, I had to go for prayer after that because I had no idea. You know, God will use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Right. So I was the foolish thing. <laughs> That's how I looked at. It. I was the foolish, but I obeyed God. If God told me something to do, I would do it. I would not hesitate. So things was very, very interesting during that time. I loved being on the radio. And um, I started to, you know, like I said, people, I would go somewhere, not often, but once in a while, and people would, you know, recognize my voice. Now let's get back to the marriage. So during that time, it was very, very difficult. It was very, very difficult. I was not it was not a happy marriage. Um, we did not have any type of, there was no bond. There was no, there was no love there. I knew he didn't love me. And it was very, very hard. I um, stayed in church all the time. I was very, very involved in church. And um, I think during that time, he thought that I was going to become, quote, well-known, you know, and that that didn't happen. I used to talk to the Lord all the time and pray because years ago, the Lord told me to pray his word. So the marriage was not going great. Um, he would talk against my business and I would say, you shouldn't do that because words have power. Now he knew the word, words have power. He would say, oh, you're not making any money. Your business is not doing good. I says, don't say that don't say that. And he would continue to say that. So this went on for years. In 2004, I was involved in another ministry. And the pastor called me one day in the office and he said to me, now I didn't tell him anything, what was going on. And he says, Sandy, I don't think, he says, I know you want a divorce because I would talk to the Lord. I says, Lord, he doesn't love me. You know, I'll wait for you. He always told me to wait for him. And um, he says, don't leave him because if you leave him, who's gonna pray for him and he won't make it. I didn't leave. So this went on and it was, everybody knew I had a terrible marriage. Everybody, my friends were upset at the way he would treat me. I lost a client. She says, Sandy, I can't come anymore. She says, because I hate the way that your husband treats you. And, and um, she says, you need to leave. I would cry out to God. The next thing that I knew, what had happened. Now, you know, when you have a lot of stress, you have a lot of pressure, you're, you're not really in a good place. The enemy has a legal right to come in, right? A legal right to come in. The first thing that happened, I had a stroke. Two months after I had a stroke, I got diagnosed with cancer. 
and it was supposed to be an aggressive chance cancer when I went to the doctor and um, I saw the quote in the word. I said, oh no, no, God said I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. He said he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised. You know, I was telling him the word. I would not accept it. So I had the biopsy and it came back positive. But you know what God said? It was not unto death. He told me that no matter what. I went through all the surgeries. I had six surgeries, et cetera. So now I thought, well, this will change my marriage because I have cancer. And maybe now he'll care about me, right? No, it didn't happen. The day I had to go in for surgery, he went on to work. And a friend of mine came and picked me up. And her husband came. Her husband was a, um, at that time, her husband was a pastor. And they prayed for me before I went in for surgery. And um, came out of surgery. I was in this ministry, another ministry, because for five years, God had me in a number of ministries. So the ministry that I was in, the pastor knew that I was going in for surgery. No one ever prayed for me. No one in the church prayed for me. No one knew that I was going in for surgery for cancer. So I found out later on that morning, she kind of texted everyone. Oh, like, by the way, Miss Sandy is in the hospital now. She has cancer. That's how they found out. So my husband went to work that morning. He came to the hospital afterwards. And um, I was supposed to stay at this lady's house. She was a nurse and she says, you know what? You can come and stay for me. Stay with me for a couple of days to recuperate. I had tubes and everything. And um, so he came to the hospital later on that day. And he said to me, you know, I hate being in hospitals. Really nice. You know, I just come out of major surgery and he stayed overnight and he was just grumbling all the time about being there. So in the morning, this lady came and picked me up took me to her house. I got over to her house. The room that she had for me was upstairs. I went to the room. Nothing was prepared. The bed wasn't made. Nothing. The bathroom was filthy. And I said, God, this is horrible. The next morning when I got up, she said to me, oh, she said, oh, by the way, um, there's food downstairs in the kitchen. If you want to go cook, there's food that you can cook. I just got out of surgery. She left. So I said, I'm going home. So she came. I says, you know what? I really appreciate you having me here and I appreciate your hospitality, but I think I'll go home. You know, if you don't mind taking me home. And I went home. And when I went home, I slept on my couch for five years. You've been to my house. That couch, I slept on that couch for five long years. I didn't want to sleep in the bedroom. I had a house. I didn't want to sleep in the bedroom for the simple reason that, you know, when you're sleeping together, your husband and wife, sometimes your foot touches the other person's foot. He used to kick me. And I told him, I says, you know, you kicked me last night. Oh, no, 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 you're lying. Da, 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 da. So it was not a good situation that I was in. But I stayed on the couch in the living room because I felt 
I was the watchman over my house. That's where I wanted to be. And God made it very comfortable. I mean, I used to talk to God all the time, cry out to God about my situation. And this is what he would tell me. Whenever I prayed to him and I was down, like as the world would stay down to your last straw, God always answered me in his word. And I'm going to tell you what he said. Psalm 37, 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. He told me so many things during that time. So many things. But you know what? The few people that would come and visit me, they were amazed because I was always very, I knew how to encourage myself. No one ever went with me to chemo. I had friends, whenever I had to have surgery, one of my friends would take me and I would come back on the couch. He was seeing another woman at that time and he would go away on the weekends and leave me, not knowing if I had anything to eat not asking me. And I just stayed there on that couch crying out to God. But you know what I would do? I would pray for him. I would ask God to have mercy on him because he did not know what he was doing. And um, I'm going to tell you all what happened miraculously one night. I don't think I ever shared this you that's listening, some of my friends on Zoom, they don't even know it. One night, an angel. I was laying on an angel. And the angel was underneath me, and the angel wrapped his arms around me. Wrapped his arms around me. And I felt like I was on a cloud. It was wonderful. Wonderful. God told me also that he was my husband. When he told me that, I fell out. He said, I am your husband and I will not let you be put to shame. That was in Isaiah chapter 54, verses 4 to 10. Read it when you have time. So he always spoke to me in his word. He encouraged me. So I always had a good attitude. I never felt like I was going to just die. Let's just put it that way. God said no. So one day, I was at home. I'm starting to get better. The Lord told me, go into the bedroom, into the room that had the computer. So I walked in there, and he was on the computer. He was on LegalZoom.com. He was getting papers to file for a divorce. So I walked in there and I says, oh, you're getting papers for a divorce? And he said, yes. I says, well, you know, you don't have to um, serve me with no papers or anything like that. I says, I'll go down to the courthouse. We can, we can do this thing together. I closed the room door and I said, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. But God had orchestrated. He did everything. I take no credit. 
for anything that he has done in my life. God has been good to me. During that time, um, I would go to this ministry. There's, there's a lot of things that I am leaving out because of time, but I would go to this ministry. The Lord sent me there. A friend of mine had not seen me in a year, and um, they all thought I had gone back to New York. Nobody really knew that I had cancer. So only a few people knew that I had cancer. So when they found out, they were really surprised. Anyway, she said she had a dream about me a year ago. And she told another lady I knew, if you ever see Sandy, tell her to call me because I had a dream about her. So this is a year later. And she says, you know, let's just say Mary had a dream. And um, is it all right if I give you? If she gets your number, I says, sure. So when I spoke to her, she says, the Lord, she says, this was real. The Lord came to me in this dream and told me to tell you to come see my pastor. I said, really? She says, pray about it. So I prayed about it. And a couple of weeks later, I went. And when I went there, it was like on a Friday night because this, this ministry, they did um, healing services every week. And I know why the Lord sent me there to encourage me. And she always had something very positive to say. I always had a good word all throughout the times that I had been saved. And I could feel in my spirit when I was going to be called out for prayer, for a word. It was always very, very positive and how God had a, a, a high calling on my life, right? So I would go there as the Lord led me. And um, my house went into foreclosure about three different times while I was married during this time. And each time I had to find a way. I had a whatever broke down in the house, I had to fix. Now, let me go back a little bit when we got, when he, when we got married. I had bought the house and um, put his name on the deed because, you know, that's my husband. You know, we, we, we were one. And I wanted to do the right thing in the eyes of God. So he didn't do anything in the house because he said, well, that's your house, in other words, right? And then when I would tell him, I says, well, you're the head of the house. There's certain things that you have to do. And he would get angry and cuss me out. So during this time, it was getting more and more difficult. And I remember a friend of mine came by, she was a pastor and she came over to my house and she says, you know, I would like to meet your husband. So we walked in and he was there and, you know, she was very cordial and spoke to him and had a few words or whatever. And we got back in the car and you know what she said? He hates you. And I said, I know. Let me fast forward. One night, I went to that service on a Friday night and the woman of God said, if you don't leave, you're going to have to leave because the person that you're living with hates you. And that went right through, you know, when you hear from the pulpit, you hear that hates you and God cannot do what he wants to do in your life 
because that's a hindrance. Now, we were divorced at that time, and we had made an agreement because here I am, I'm still not fully recovered. So we were both in a house living separate, separately. And she said that that was on a Friday night. Sunday, I went to my church. And the pastor, I went down for prayer. And he said to me, he says, Sandy, you're going to have to step out in faith and leave. Because God can't do what he wants to do in your life. Let me tell you. I screamed, I hollered through that whole entire service. I said, God, I can't do anything unless you do it. How am I going to leave? I have nowhere to go. I don't have any money. What am I going to do? I cried with all my heart. I hollered during that service. I didn't care. I screamed during that service. I did not care. I needed God. That was it. Two ministers said to me, I had to go. And I knew that. But I could not go until God made a way. He told me, do you know how long I was praying? Ten years. We're talking ten years that God told me to wait. I had friends that said, oh, if I was you, I would just leave. I wouldn't put up with that. No, God told me to wait. I screamed during that service and I hollered. And I remember one of the ladies, she came over to me and she just hugged me through the whole service. When I tell you I screamed and hollered, I didn't care. My eyes got puffy. All I can do was scream and say, God, help me, God, help me. After the service, this woman came up to me. I didn't know her, never saw her before. And she said, sister, she said, every tear that you shed, God is healing you. God is healing you. Now, there's a lot of things that I, I had left out, but now I'm remembering little details. So one day, I'm, I'm, this, this is important. One day, oh, and, and also the woman of God, she was telling me for a year, she says, every time I pray for you, I keep seeing you in a brand new place. I believed it in my heart. I didn't know how God was going to do it. But every time she says, the Lord keeps showing me you in a brand new place. I believed it. One day I'm leaving the radio station. And I used to give out my telephone number. If anybody needed a prayer, they could call me. So this particular day I'm driving and I'm leaving Atlanta, going back home. And um, I get a telephone call and this guy calls me up for prayer. And I prayed for him and he told me what his circumstances was. I prayed for him. Now, let me jump back a little bit. So a friend of mine was having a birthday gathering and invited me to come to the birthday gathering. And um, we were there talking and everything. And this one guy says, because he kept saying, Sandy, Sandy. So this guy says, are you Sandy Sam? And I go, yeah. He said, you prayed for me. 
and he told me his name. I said, oh, I remember praying for you. Yeah, I remember. How are you doing? You know, we had a little conversation. Let me fast forward now. So now things are really, really not good at my house. I'm starting to get healed. He was seeing another, another woman. I guess he wanted to get married. So I'm getting better. He's starting to get sick. He lost 30 pounds in about a little over a month. The doctors could not find anything wrong with him. I knew in my heart and I cried out to God. I says, God, don't let him die. I couldn't handle it. Don't let him go. Have mercy on him because he doesn't realize what he's doing. The word says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And I would pray for him. He didn't know I was praying for him. I would cry out. I mean, cry out to the Lord for him. And um, so he had to confess to me what he was doing, right, with this other woman. But guess what? He confessed it. He never said he was sorry. He never repented. Never did any of those things. So I didn't know how, how God was going to open up a door for me, but I knew that he was. And a friend of mine called me up and he said, Sandy, I know the perfect place for you. He says, I know this is your place. So he says, we're going to go over. Let's call this guy, John. We're going to go over to John's house because John knew about it, and John told him about it, and he told me. Guess who John was? The same guy that I prayed for. He's one of my neighbors. The same guy that I prayed for. See how God can move when you're obedient? It's amazing. There's so many things that, that I know that I um, didn't touch on. But anyway, to make a long story short, that's where I'm living now. I moved in 2014. The first time when I moved to my apartment, I slept in my bed in five years. And I tell you, like I would tell my sons, my son, Chris, two sons. And I said, Chris, this is the first time in my life that I have peace. Peace that passes understanding because God did it. God has been so, so good to me. I have learned so many things. And about three years ago, I started praying to God. I said, God, there's so much more that I need to know. There's, there's more. So I'm going to call her. I met more. My friend, Miss Sheila. Hi, Sheila. I love Sheila. And I started learning, and it's, it was, was wonderful. And you know where I met her? I met her over at Brother Miguel's house. They had a little gathering, Sasha and Irene, and I was there, and she was there, and she started talking, and she started saying about the miracles. She could write volumes about the miracles that have happened, that how God used her. And I, I'm sitting there at the table and I'm going, that's what I'm talking about, God. That's what I'm talking about. 
<laughs> you know? So that was three years ago. And believe me, Sheila, you know I love you. But I'm so grateful to God for what he has done in my life. Do you know if I had bitterness in my heart, if I had unforgiveness towards my ex-husband, I wouldn't be alive today. I know that. We cannot, that's why I read those scriptures. We cannot have bitterness, unforgiveness in our heart. We cannot have it. Not at all. So God told me, Jeremiah 29, verses 11, 12, and 13. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Oh, so I want to encourage someone that's in a very difficult position. It may not, it could happen like that because God is in control. Or it can happen like it did for me 10 years, but never give up. God is God. All power belongs to the Lord. And when you're obedient, God says, obedient is better than sacrifice. We have to submit to God. So he has done so many. You see how he uses me here. I've never done that. Like what I do, speak in tongues, and it always gets interpretation. That never used to happen to me. Once in a while, once in a blue moon down the road. But I remember what God said. I remember the promises that he told me. Some of them have happened. Some of them I'm still looking for, for my children. Right? I believe it. God said, the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Amen. I believe it. I don't care what it looks like. They're going to be delivered. So that's why. You have to live a life that's worthy to God. Every day I says, Lord, I trust you with all my heart. I lean not unto my own understanding, but in all my ways, I acknowledge you and you shall direct my path. I trust you with my children. I trust you with everything that's going on in my life. I don't care what it is, but I know how to rebuke sickness because the devil will try to come and you know, start some stuff with you, but you got to know what to do. The blood of Jesus is against the devil. Remember that. So I thank you. I love you all. I thank you for all my friends that, you know, were able to get on Zoom. And I hope this testimony has encouraged someone to trust God with all their heart. Amen.